0: One of the most popular questions that I get, without a doubt, no questions asked—I don't even have to 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 look at the data because I know it just from being bombarded with it for for so long and so often. And that is how to overcome the creative obstacles that are out there in the world. And ironically, whether they're out there or in here, we've told ourselves a bunch of stories about why we can't create. So I've written at length about this and um, and I thought it would be very, very helpful based largely on your requests to do a show where we focus on overcoming creative obstacles and to set the table. You've, you've heard me talk at length before about creating space to work, you know, first and foremost, headspace, right? Are you you know how how can you on a regular basis maintain a mindset that's helpful? You've heard me talk about a physical space. It doesn't need to be perfect. We'd all love a studio overlooking the sea, but we need just something that's good enough, right? We don't need per- perfect. We need good enough. Um, we've talked about you know music and mood and and all that stuff. And while that can be helpful. I want to just get to the brass tacks of what actually has to happen. And I think there's three things that I would like you to pay attention to. The first one is around you don't feel like it. And I want you to ask yourself when you're feeling stuck, you have to recognize that it's not, it's not that you're waiting to be able to create. It's that you're waiting to feel like creating. And those are very, very, very different things. Now, the trap is that we often don't feel like creating until we've started, until we have a little momentum, until we're underway. And if you wait for the feeling to come before you start, you're literally going to be sitting there waiting potentially forever because of the stories, because of the list of things that Uh, our to-do list is looking at us or our family needs or all these other things are there. They're always going to be something, but just know that those things are a trap. You cannot wait to feel like it. You have to take action. Now a story that I like to share and I've shared in, in creative calling is around a dear friend of mine named Cal McAllister. Now Cal, um, is an amazing creator. and when he was in advertising school, he went to his advisor's office, this is a story he told me personally, uh, to say he was stuck on an assignment. And clearly this must be a case of writer's block because he was a writer in the, he was a, you know studying to be a creative director, uh, a, a copywriter. Clearly he thought this was a case of writer's block. And uh, little did he know that his advisor had a different plan in mind and his advisor said something like, Cal, I want to tell you what you need to hear. And the thing you need to hear is that you're not good enough for writer's block. Not yet. So get back to work. Now, obviously, that was a very a hard message to hear. And it was a blunt analysis. But the reality is, and my experience back this up, backs this up as uh, does the experience of so many people that are in um, my my world that I've talked to and learned from that creative blocks do not respond well to finesse. You have, you have one choice. You have to go, you have to like smashing them, smash them. Now my good buddy, Ryan holiday, also, he has a a funny response to this. Um, you know, he, he says, can you imagine having runners block, you know, the idea of all the stories that we tell ourselves before we start typing or writing or drawing or painting or or designing our product, whatever it is, you know, the concept of of having runner's block is is absurd, right? It's just start, just go for a run. Now, what I want to share also in this point is that my motivation flags just like yours does; it goes in and out. Um, But there are a couple things that I do in order to change that in particular around this idea of not feeling like it. What I do when I'm not feeling like working is I work not on the thing that's right in front of me that I was busy telling myself the story about. I shift and for some period of time work on something else that for that moment is just not that thing. So this sort of paints a little larger picture. I want to zoom out just a little bit that I always have about five projects going. Usually have one really big one, one medium sized one, and three or so small ones. And these are all going at the same time. And that this is going to, you know, I always love advice that's counterintuitive. Or it's what you haven't heard before. You know, this idea of focus focus is great. But you can still focus and have five things there. Like you cannot work on one thing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you'll you'll burn out. It's not healthy. So the way that I I get into my flow or mojo is by having a few. Notice I got only got one big one and one medium size and then a couple of small ones. Maybe I'll give you an example. When I was writing Creative Calling, it was, you know, uh, I still had a full time job creating creative live, just a huge focus, you know, lots of employees, investor money, you know, millions of, of customers around the world. And what I would consider a medium project was my book. That was something I worked on early, early in the morning or late, late in the evening. But I also had a couple of other small ones. We were um, basically in the process of redesigning uh, some a- the, a- the exterior of our house. We were there's a few other things. So the point is that I could bounce around uh, those that little field of projects whenever I ran into resistance on one of them. So when I ran into resistance on one, I switched to another, however briefly or long it took me. But what it started is it started this huge sense of relief that I could get going. And then whether I kept going on that thing, the thing that I really needed to do, I needed to focus on suddenly felt smaller, easier when I was underway. So I could switch back to that project either in that work session or the next time I um, when I had some time and space and energy, which it just it's counterintuitive, but. All these to me, different kinds of projects also work best when co mingling, right? Some call for strategy, uh, like Creative Live, others, the house project was using my hands, some were playful, others were sort of just grinded out, mundane. But I often find myself coming full circle and switching back to the first project. And then suddenly I am so happy to be working on that project because I may have hit a block or Got fed up with some of the other ones I was working on. Now, it's admittedly a bit of a mystery why this works so well, but it does. And apparently, there's some science to back this up. Um, I, I can't say, cite the science right here, but what I want you to take away is, again, recognizing that when you're not, when you're waiting to create, what you're really avoiding is because you don't feel like creating. So you have to just. Do the work. Now that's thing one. Thing two. Again, I've talked a lot about this, but time is critical. It's one of the few things that we all have uh, in in roughly the same amount. We all have, you know, twenty four hours in a day and seven days in a week, et cetera. Um, but this makes me want to tell you about blocking out time in order to prioritize things that matter to you. So. A story I like to tell here is when I returned to Creative Live as its CEO after, if you remember, I founded the company and we I put some other folks in charge and we took some venture, um, and I had to come back uh, to lead the company after a couple of years under um, under some different leadership, and as soon as I came back to the CEO role. Um, after again a few years away from daily operations, this is I don't know early in the last decade, um, a huge tidal wave of meetings just blew up my calendar. Or this little perfect picture that I had of my calendar when I was an independent creator or a creator with a you know a small crew of maybe ten folks, because running a company like Creative Live is very different than running my photography studio, for example. And what that did was it completely demolished my daily creative practice, and it, I, I had to give up a lot of freedom in order to get good at leading a company that was a different size than you know the, the company that I'd founded a few years earlier. Lots more people, lots more. Uh, it was it was much more involved, and in giving up on that freedom, I, I had to learn a new set of skills um, to, to run this business at scale. So as soon as I could catch my breath from all of the, um, the stuff that has to happen to get back up to speed and to, um, build up the muscle of leading in that way, I had to do exactly what I'm prescribing here. I had to audit my schedule and realign it with sort of my overall personal ambition. Now, obviously, you know, deciding to come back and run the company was a really big deal, but I had to carve out, I couldn't turn my back on the daily creative practice that left the building as soon as like day one, I'm just like, boom, deluge. Okay. But you know, after that initial shock passed, what I started to do is bring back some of the time blocking um, muscles that I had used back when I went from being an amateur creator to a professional one. And those muscles were sort of out of sync because I honed them so, you know, uh, so I guess efficiently and effectively, you know, 10 years previous. But now when I'm back here 10 years later, those were a little bit soft and, so I needed to go back to fundamentals and a lot of the fundamentals were around blocking my time. So I started relying on things that I knew had worked like batching like items, like creating dedicated windows for certain kinds of activities for meetings. When I would do emails, when I would call, I would not go from a phone call to an email to a meeting to, a, cause that is just a recipe for disaster. Right? So I started batching like, like items. Um, and then over time, when with a little bit of discipline around my sort of productivity and batching, I slowly found myself able to flex my creative muscles during times where I scheduled the most creative aspects of my day. Sometimes that was you know, product design or working on a brand book with the team or Um, you know, I started doing a lot of, uh, of content straight to camera where I was helping people out and those were, were creative spaces that I had carved out just like I had carved out space for my email or space for, um, you know, team meetings or whatever. Now this blocking, you know, if you search my name and, uh, and you know, blocking time or carving out time or anything on the internet, you'll get a bunch of videos. But to me, I just want to underscore that in the world of overcoming creative obstacles, we have to we have to first make sure that we have not told ourselves that or wait till we feel like it. So that's thing one. Thing two is what are you doing actually with your time? And can you now, you know, block time for the things that you have to do that you don't love and block out creative time? and you get really good at that believe it or not and this is true whether it's professional you know tasks or family you know personal and creative or whatever areas you want to think of them but you know time is is a thing that we have to take control of we cannot be a cork bobbing in the tide when it comes to time now the third is is working how you can and one of the things that is often, um, it's, it's another story I hear, very popular story from creators is they don't have, uh, you know, this, the, the perfect amount of time. Now, I just talked about creating a couple of hour blocks or a 90 minute or a three hour block or whatever in my schedule. But again, I'm expert level. I had already honed that muscle and I had to, you know, re-reconcile with it and bring it back when I took on that, that new task of, uh, you know, running the ops. But let's not be precious, okay? Now, what I mean by that is if you aren't able to uh, assemble this perfect amount of time to create each day or each week, that's fine. But you know who's responsible for that? It's you. It's still up to you to create some space. Now, what is lost on many is this idea of perfection. And I like to juxtapose this perfect workspace and the perfect amount of time with um, how I often worked when I was flying so much. You know, I used to fly, I flew between two and four times a week for 12 years. And if you think about all of the time in transit, there's a lot of actually spent time. So during those windows, I would journal or write or draw or sketch in all these little in between moments. So whether you're writing on the subway or speaking your ideas into your phone as a sort of voice recording app when you're out on a walk, these are small ways of squeezing in what I call micro bursts of creativity. Into your day. And this can be done no matter how busy you get. I mean, again, I was going so hard for, you know, 12 years, as I mentioned, traveling every other day on an airplane. I know that's hard for some people to envision, but, and I still found all kinds of pockets. You've seen this from, you know, friends of mine or people that you follow on the internet. Maybe, you know, Gary is always in the back of a, you know, of a taxi cab creating content on his phone, or the same could be said for so many other creators that we've featured here on the show. I just know that it's true because I've done it. I've lived that. And it's incredibly effective if you can ditch the story in your head that it's not. Now, things like posting a daily photo every day, whether you're on a walk or as I mentioned, in, in transit, on the, in, on the subway or train, or however you get into work or wherever you're going, um, those things, they can actually be enough. Even just writing a haiku when you've got 10 minutes by yourself in between you know, your kid's naps or whatever, that can be enough if you're living in a very hectic time or hectic world. The goal is not to always live there. And if you find yourself always living there, you need to reassess your priorities But the times when we are most stressed in our lives, when space between events gets short, these are exactly the times when we need to create the focus on our creative practices. We need to have our creative practice to thrive, most especially when the world around us feels like it's crashing down. It's sort of like you know putting your oxygen mask on before assisting other passengers. You need to get as much sleep as you can, uh, eat, as, eat as well as you can, and keep your creative practice on point. Now, this is what's so awesome about these little micro sessions. Micro sessions of creative activity can be incredibly powerful if you're willing to reset your expectations on what space or time to create actually looks like. Again, make the most of what you can with whatever you've got. All right, just a quick recap. Overcoming creative obstacles: most important thing is not waiting for the feeling; just starting to do it. The second thing is managing your time. It's it's managing your time is not a nice to have when you are when you have dreams and passions that you want to pursue. It's a requirement. And thing three: work when you can in microbursts or with whatever you've got. Now, I think, you know, this, this topic is worthy of an entire book or an entire series of podcasts, um, and to be fair, the right approach to, to how you spend your time, whether you're a full-time uh, freelancer or a creator, or you have a day job, and these are different things for, uh, these are different considerations for everyone now. I want to be clear that so many of the people who are creators on a part-time basis and have a full-time job, they use the excuse of their full-time job as the reason not to create at all or to have a, what I would consider a less than healthy an amount of creativity in their lives. Now, this is why I want you to fully consider your options. If you some sort of an unfulfilling job is getting in the way of your life ambitions. One of the most important gifts of a creative practice is the sense of agency and empowerment that it gives us over our lives as a whole. You know, being creative at a desk or a canvas shows us that we're completely capable of making a life out of our dreams actually come to bear actually become a reality. So, if you're in a position of talking trash about your day job and it doesn't allow you to pursue the things that you want, I want you to take a close look at that. Not for everybody. I definitely don't want there there are just to be clear, I'm not being prescriptive here, but I'm asking you to do is take a look. Now, if you want to keep your job but it's impairing your creative practice, look at ways to constrain the impact of your job on the rest of your life aka your creative passions or what you see as your future there's all kinds of books and blogs and there are believe it or not there are classes at creative live about this topic so you don't have any excuse not to improve your approach also now here we are in the middle of the pandemic right more and more companies are required to or certainly are open to the idea of remote work? Is there a possibility you can change up your schedule to create space where you otherwise did not have it? Can you, you know, in working from home, can you uh, shift your hours away from, you know kid or family responsibilities or some other uh, thing that that um, draws you away? And carve out time for the thing that's most important for you if you have a JOB that you need to keep or want to keep because you appreciate the income. I just, I'm suggesting you have such a conversation with your boss. And if for some reason flexibility is not an option, how can you use other things like your vacation days to strategically give yourself sabbaticals? Um, maybe instead of taking a two week vacation, how about you spread that out over some period of time throughout the year to give yourself some more time to devote to creativity every month or two. Now, you know, I personally find that a day completely either alone or focused on a project that is a side project for me when I had a job at J-O-B that I didn't love more than anything back when I was waiting tables, like an actual day of creative, a sojourn, a getaway was amazing. I remember like thinking so fondly of that. And the cool thing is that's available to you right now. That can be more restorative than a day spent, you know, laying on your couch, watching a movie or drinking margaritas at the beach or whatever. Um, And that reminds me of a story about uh, the designer Stefan Sagmeister. Now Sagmeister is very famous for taking a year long sabbatical every seven years to recharge his creative mojo. Now he doesn't lose clients during that time either. That's the crazy part. Ironically, what happened when Stefan started setting this up is clients started waiting in line. When he made very clear for them that he was going to go away for you and come back smarter, more rested, more vigorous, clients started lining up anxiously awaiting his return because they knew how like fired up he was going to be when he got back. So if now that's not everyone's not Stefan Sagmeister, but I'm trying to paint a picture of what's possible and the stories that you have been telling yourself, I'm here to remind you that those are not true and that everything you want is possible, especially around this balancing of your creative career, your J-O-B, your the thing that drives you and makes you come alive. Now, if your goal is to ditch your job and devote yourself to creative work full-time, you know, treat your dream career as though it's your full-time job and treat your day job as though it's your side hustle. Flip your priorities completely. Then try and shift over to the life that you want. Once your creative work starts to make enough income, starts, you know, performing, then maybe you do part-time work to supplement the creative, um, flow of work or finances instead of the other way around, you know, wait tables, bartend, do whatever you can on the side of your creative hustle and make that your priority. These are things where you know a transition is so important. Now, again, going back to the t- the topic here is whether you want to do this professionally or not. There are so many stories that we tell ourselves about overcoming creative obstacles that it's not possible. I'm here to tell you that if you if you work. Not when you feel like it, if you just get to work, if you block out your time, think too, and if you work when you can't in microbursts, that whether or not creativity is your profession, whether or not you want it to be, you can make huge strides towards the living and life that you want. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. And this is advice I give often and I'll I'll be blunt it's usually received with like you know when you talk to your dog and it turns its head sideways and it's looking at you like it doesn't understand or with some furrow, furrowed brow transitioning gradually out of a life that you don't want into one that you do or transitioning out of a job that you don't want into something that you do it's counterintuitive, right? To do that gradually is counterintuitive because we're sold a narrative in our culture, especially that you've got to go all in to succeed. And at some point you may have to burn the boats to take the Island to use a, uh, a often used metaphor. But in general, I find this high risk gamble of taking a second mortgage on your house or, or, you know going all in or putting it all on red that's just largely fake and so i want to give you permission to make a transition in life between careers between um what you don't love to what you do as something that you can control and you can do gradually in fact all of the uh not all but so many of the folks that you look up to respect admire appreciate yours truly hopefully included we did it this way Right, I waited tables and then weaned off of waiting tables onto becoming a a full time photographer. I tuned skis in a ski shop. I worked retail. I did all kinds of things to support my transition to becoming a photographer, and it it was doable. It was it was a a thing that I would recommend. We have so much more flexibility than we've had ever before. You know, this idea of being able to put together uh, an income through a couple different um lines of work that, that didn't exist, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago. We don't have to move to a certain city anymore to pursue a creative dream. And we can all probably find a way to work flexibly or supplement our income like never before. So I just I leave you with that. And whether you realize it or not, life happens, right? Interruptions and obstacles, they they always crop crop up. And some of the things that get blown up when that happens are things that we love. Now, I think that I I want you to know that that's okay. And regardless of external circumstances, your clear values, what do you actually want to do, be, and become in this world, and a clear point of view on how you're going to get there, that can get you through anything especially anything with that creative fuel, that creative fire that you have inside you intact. So there you have it. No more (laughs) excuses when it comes to overcoming creative obstacles. All right. I'm signing off. I would love to know what you think about my recipe here, points one, two, and three. And uh, I believe in you. And if no one has told you that today, I think you're an awesome person. The fact that you're listening to this right now shows and, and is an illustration that you care, which that matters most. Caring is the first step before any change. So I, I, I see you, friend, and I acknowledge and recognize that you're doing what you can. And that means the world to me. So I bid you adieu until the next episode. All right, that is a wrap. But before you go, hey, I wanted to say thank you so much. And I do note that many of you have asked how you can help me out there in the world. And I have a great answer for that. And it is sharing this show. Um, my goal is I create this content with a, with a talented, hardworking crew over here at Creative Live. And our goal is to get this information out there to the world, help the, the greatest creators and, and entrepreneurs of our time get their ideas spread far and wide. So you sharing. Your takeaways or just links to the show, any of the podcast platforms or whatever, means the world to me. Thing two, how you can help, if you care, is to leave a review at your preferred podcast platform. That also helps surface uh, this show, the guests, uh, in in search results on each of the platforms, and it means a lot. So thank you so much. Really, really grateful, and I'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode, hopefully, soon, maybe next, maybe right after this, maybe you're going to listen Anyway, whenever you get around to it, I'm here. Thank you.